Hello. Hello. This is Josh. And this is Ellie. And welcome to the 93 Talks, a podcast brought to you by the UK's largest network of state-educated university students, the 93% Club Foundation. Did you know that 93% of the UK's population is state-educated? This number is not representative of the university population and definitely not represented in the corporate world. It's our mission to rectify this and support those that make it to university. Here on the 93 Talks, we will bring you content with employers, successful professionals and community ambassadors. This is a podcast for students, by students. We are the 93% Club, serious about social mobility. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the 93 Talks. We're joined by the lovely Pinsa Masons with very few special guests who will be introduced themselves. Hello everyone, uh, I'm Tom Proverbs Garbett. I'm a senior associate in uh, the Birmingham team uh, and uh, I've been with Pinsent since 2012. So yeah, getting on for 10 years. Hi everyone, my name is Patricia Oon. I am a fourth seat trainee with Pinsent Masons. I started off as a paralegal in their Doha team. So I've been with Pinsent around four years, not as long as you Tom, but yes, that's me. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of experience on today's um, podcast, so there's will be a lot to take away in regards to like career and law, which I hope the members and the listeners will find very useful. Um, so my first question to you both is, you know, for the people who aren't wizards for like the whole training contract or like law process, what is a training contract? <laughs> Tom, do you want to take this? <laughs> well, it, it's just it's just changed, funny enough, hasn't it? I mean, it, yeah. it used to it used to be a a particular defined thing and now you can sort of put put it together to 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 make something to make your two years out of loads of bits but basically we we see it as a two-year training program where you you join after your lpc and then you do four six-month seats rotating around the firm uh, and finally qualifying into one of those seats at the end so it's a 24-month process you move on every six months and you'll have a different uh you'll be in a different team and have a different experience each time is that yeah. fair enough <laughs> the only slight thing i would say is it doesn't you don't necessarily have to qualify into one of the four teams that you um sat in there have been instances instances even within pinsents where people who didn't do a seat in a particular department or a particular office could apply to it and it really comes down to how you can show your experience and um, just convince the team that you are the person that they want to hire so some people have been successful at that so you yeah that's that option too Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so I guess for Pinsent Mason, um, with their training contract, it's four seats, isn't it? So four departments um, across two years. And um, I think this would be a question directed towards you, Patricia. Um, but what does like each department involve? Like, so like, what seat are you in now currently? And like, what have you done throughout the, um, your process of like being a trainee at Pinsent Mason? Sweet. Um... So fourth seat trainee, I'm currently in construction advisory and disputes, which is a contentious seat. Um, my first three, the first one was in litigation and it was a subsector of energy and international arbitration, something I'm really interested about. Um, and the second one, I was actually seconded to the Edinburgh office right in time for COVID to do... A <laughs> 
there was it was actually a big thing but the seat if, because of covid is still a big thing um depending on when this podcast goes out but um my seat was a unique one not only because it was a succumbent in edinburgh but it was also a split seat the last of the split seats between banking so it was a transactional seat as well as advanced delivery so advanced delivery within Pinsent masons is our legal tech department it stemmed from banking it stemmed from our finance and project um department so it's very much focused in the financial sector but it's starting to branch out and i got to do a lot of no coding unfortunately i still know absolutely nothing about java or python (laughs) or anything like that but it was just really cool to be part of the scene where legal tech is starting to kick off because people are realizing that with just with how just with tech um being able to scan large amounts of documents so basically like a really advanced control f um function is the most was really helpful for being able to pull large amounts of information or just scan docs for what you're required what the provisions you want so that was my second seat and my third was Similar had its roots in tech, but it was in cybersecurity. I was in the disputes team of technology, media, and telecommunications. And essentially, that this was by far the coolest seat that I did. But don't, that, Tom, you're not allowed to tell construction that that's what I just said. Because <laughs> I'm still in the construction seat. But essentially, I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> essentially, we were, um, were assisting clients that are referred to us by... In, insurers so essentially this insurance company who's our main client would get calls from their their clients who have insurance policies with them when they get either hacked or they realize that potentially someone might be hacking them or their their systems are compromised or they've suddenly lost data and it's all a bit suspicious so usually their first protocol is just to um, reach out to the insurance company and when they've identified that there is something indecent not indecent is the wrong word but that they have been hacked or there's a cyber threat um that's when we jump in as um legal counsel so it's been super exciting you have to jump on really quickly you jump on a call with a client and they're usually freaking out because they don't know what's going on the entire it system is either compromised or encrypted or suspended or they've just been um, exposed as being as yeah so that was really fun to deal and the directly helping clients element was really really cool so yeah that's my four seats um and in terms of the general work that i do across all seats i can say document management you do you organize documents you do a lot of research on legal points and you essentially you support your your um whichever team that you're in so yeah that's given a lot of experience a range of work yeah yeah that sounds that sounds amazing i think like the key point you said i think that at the end is you know as a trainer you're there to support the department you're in like you're there to act as you know you know the extra arm the extra um arm and legs and you know brain power for like your supervisor for example like tom i think would probably agree the trainings he works with are there to support him and he's also there to like guide them with their process um without nav- navigating the firm like pins and masons um so yeah, i think this goes exactly into my that. next question which i think yeah I think mean, let's go to my next question with Tom. Um, I think it's going to be towards Tom. So as um, a senior associate um, at Pinsa Masons, like what are the most common made mistakes that trainees make um, at Pinsa Masons and what would you advise them to do to mitigate these mistakes? <laughs> that's, that's, a re- that's a really good question and and probably one people should ask as, as soon as they start. 
um, of their supervisor because it's only by it's only by knowing what people have messed up before uh, can you avoid it. And and I suppose that we should start by saying there will be mistakes. You'll always make mistakes. I've 100%. made huge mistakes. Uh, I, I doubt Patricia has. No, <laughs> Patricia has. <laughs> what is this? Patricia's perfect. Yes, but, Patricia's perfect. I, I definitely. I definitely. <laughs> and I think I, I mean there's 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 levels right there's there's really messing something up and that happens from time to time and and if you really think you've done something wrong you know you've forgotten to file something at court or you've lost an original document or you've left something on the train yes it's a big deal and yes we should try not to do that but don't hide it just just tell someone we'll sort it out it won't be your fault these these things happen we'll sort it out uh, the worst thing is to hide it or to or to pretend it hasn't happened. And and you know if you go on roll on Friday and, and, and other sort of tongue and cheek <laughs> legal things, yeah, you'll uh, you'll you'll see that the worst things are always when someone's tried to hide it hide it from um, from the firm. But just like day to day, I mean, I, I think we Patricia and I were talking about this before the call, and and the thing that I find most trainees really struggle with when they join this is like day one and they've got a piece of work they're so worried about the law and getting the law right that they sort of tend to forget that it's you know our product is is the advice right so you want a sort of well-written email that you can send to the client or you want you know a legal note that yeah gets the law right but also looks professional and the number of times that that um, new trainees and i'm sure i did it myself just have sort of they've done all the legal research and they've cut and pasted it and they've you know come up with what they think is a banging answer and then don't don't format it don't sort of try and make it read properly I think that's what people really struggle with that sort of basic like I'm in an office now and I'm producing this product and if that sounds if, to people listening that sounds like the world's most obvious thing yeah maybe it is but that is that is what people struggle with always the first week you know I sit people down and say look you know we've got a house style we, we're professional writers now that's what we do for a living and you've got to make it <laughs> got to make it look good yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I think for me, who wants to go into commercial law, I always think that the most important thing, you know, is making sure that um, the advice you give a client is, you know, is top notch. But then you forget, like, the actual nitty gritty, like, we're a business, we're a firm, we have our own way of, like, delivering, um, you know, our services to them, which then means that we have to provide the content in a way which, you know, fits our business, you know, fits our brands, you know, to make sure it's all um, consistent. Um, I think that's a reasonable point you made there, Tom, that as trainees or, for example, people who listen, who are about to start a training contract or who think about going into career and law that, you know, don't forget this small stuff. Yeah. Um, even if you think it's basic because, you know, that's what that's what you're there to deliver clients. You might think it's something trivial, but for them it's something very important because the whole business you're representing as a trainee. Yeah. Well, it's pivotal. And, and it's about being clear. I mean, I, I think yeah. I, I, always, I always use it as an example because it makes me smile and people go, what are you talking about? <laughs> but... It, you know what what you're trying to convey is yeah like you say you want people want legal advice but they want it in a form where they can digest it when they're non-specialists and yeah. you know they, they want to know that you've given it some thought yourself and if it clearly looks like you've just downloaded it from Westlaw <laughs> you know it, people in-house know what they're doing and they'll spot it a mile away so I think it is that it's that element of thinking who am I preparing this for and how can I help out my team by getting it to as as fin as polished the standards as I can. If I can jump in here, Tom, I just sent off a piece of research that, in my opinion, um, was might be able to lose the point a little bit because I I 
in my couple of seats, I've realized the mistakes that I've done with research. You, when you come out of uni or when you do your dissertation, so much of your educational training requests that you substantiate your points with research and well-structured um, arguments. But in in professional well in, in professional work, when clients a aren't they're laymen. They're not going to understand um, section two bracket F one and what it means and the tests, the framework that you have to fulfill. They don't care and they don't have the time to interpret it, and that's what they're paying you for. And in my couple of seats, I've learned that the m- most useful advice notes or even answers that when I when I read my seniors or other trainees is a TLDR almost. So you, if it's an email or note form, you start off with the answer or what you think the answer is. And even if you weren't asked for the answer, take a stab at it. Say, based on my interpretation, I actually think on the facts of our case or the fact that this and this has happened, this might not be applicable to us. Just that single one-liner or two-liner you comes across so well. Even from a fellow trainee, when I read it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's their opinion on it. They haven't just shoved all of the facts at me they've given me why they think what they think the answer should be and then they've substantiated it with facts and research and points and that is the particular particularly useful thing that i've found that i've tried to emulate even my research note today answer first and then set out the thinking set out the structure and in line with what you said joshua as a trainee you're at the almost at the bottom rung and your job is to help support. Yeah. So any kind of thinking, any kind of time saving you can give the associates, the senior associates, the partner in your team who are asking you for help, any time saving you can give them will be appreciated. So if you apply yourself or if you just structure your answer or be like, hey, have we thought about that? Little things like that always helps. Yeah, amazing. I think there's a lot to take away from what you said. I think for all university students who are about to go into a career in law, any any professional career for that instance, I think we we forget that we have to change our minds from like, you know, me writing a dissertation is different from me actually giving advice to a client. Because when I write a dissertation, I'm writing it to someone who understands what I'm talking about, you know, the whole jargon. For example, for me, my dissertation is about African politics. They might understand what a structural adjustment program is, but a, a client may not understand the whole jargon of law. So it's about you breaking it down into, you know, simple and digestible things, which you said, um, Patricia. So I think this goes into like the next topic or the next theme. Um, so in terms of as a trainee, I think Tom can answer this as well. Um, how best would you advise like your trainees? Let's say they started day one at the firm at Pinson Masons. How would you um, recommend them dealing with stress or dealing with pressure? You know, not to make mistakes, not to feel like they need to um, show themselves up on day one to make themselves seem invaluable. What advice would you give them? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, I suppose two things you will be stressed and there's no way to get around that. Because it is a high pressure environment, but yeah. we pride ourselves on being, we as a firm, and I, I think most law firms in fairness, you know, it's, it, it pride themselves on, on taking care of trainees and, and, and you're, I can confirm this. They're a vital, I'm jumping in. I can confirm this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're an absolutely vital part of the machine, right? Aren't you, Patricia? Like you, you can't, you couldn't, we couldn't operate the model that we operate without trainees, and and they're the partners of the future, right? So everybody at every level of the firm 
understands that the the next generation's coming through. So nobody's out there to make you look silly. Nobody's out there. I mean, I'm sure people have horror stories who are even spoken to their friends and stuff. But in my career, I've never come across anything um, anything terrible. And certainly at Pinsons, as I say, our, our whole philosophy is to be sort of welcoming, and you can ask questions whenever you want, and you can sort of we're open plan. Oh, so yeah. those days of like not being able to get hold of someone in the office are all gone. So I think just be, just be, realize that the pressure is going to be there, but but acknowledge that you're probably putting it on yourself. Um, yeah. There isn't a whole lot of expectation, and I don't mean that in any way patronizing, to, in, uh, to be in any way patronizing, but there isn't an awful lot of expectation. We understand that although you've done a law degree and been through law school, you know, you're not going to know on day one all the things that we know mm-hmm. through practice. Say, talk to your supervisor, you know, work, make sure you're comfortable with with interacting with them, because at some point you'll have to say, I don't understand this. I don't have time for this. Or, or just, you know, can you take me for a coffee? Because I want to cry. <laughs> no, no, they won't. <laughs> that could be have that conversation with your supervisor. What, what do you think? Agree, completely agree. And to tack on as well um, to what you said, um, Tom, the structure of the training about people about people not wanting to um, catch you out, the structure of the training contract, and this is for anyone who thinks that you're not sure which law firm you want to apply to, which department, or if your CV is good enough, or if your experience valid, or even relevant. I, this And this is something that's come to me. The structure of the training contract is such that you're shoved into four different departments it could be contentious which is like kind of disputes related where you're arguing with a different party who wants to claim something against you or transactional where you're setting things up for a company um, a merger between two two um, businesses for example so contentious non-contentious it could come in tech in a firm like Pinson's part of the reason why I wanted to train here is because we have such a wide breadth of areas that you can practice in from employment from tax from art disputes very small team I was really interested in that um, to banking to advanced delivery to legal tech to an entire cacophony and sometimes it's business driven obviously so you don't necessarily get your first choice of seat because we have what 70 trainees and everyone will have their requirements depending on the flavor of the of the year tech has been the flavor of the year hint hint um not everyone will get the seat that they want because tech um, tech disputes were only taking two people so you might have to do a seat that a you never envisaged doing b you don't really have an interest in or you're not sure if you have an interest in and they know that in the training contract so while supplying for the training contract it's completely understandable if you don't know you can't outline a specific oh i i'm interested in your firm because you have uh, i did this module and i really 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 want to do maritime law no they don't they don't they're not expecting someone to say that and if you can actually say that unless you can substantiate it or be like oh my entire family are naval engineers and i've been exposed to that the entire <laughs> my whole life then yeah perfect go for it but they are looking for trainees and incoming trainees who can show growth, who can show an interest in in exploring different things. If you have a slight interest in disputes, like I did before I entered, perfect. But they are just trying to identify people who can show that they are interested in law, in, in the work, and want to grow and develop. That's what they're looking for. So yeah, completely agree with you, Tom. 
yeah that, amazing I, I think that's i just really quickly I, I think that's really important i think if you go into the, i mean yes like patricia says some people have a have have something in mind and sometimes that works out for them but most people uh, uh, go into it with an open mind and i think some of the happiest <laughs> trainees have gone into it with an open mind because you don't know what you're like i mean studying employment law is going to be hugely different from mm. practice uh, the same with corporate um you know i, I i'm a i'm a corporate solicitor and unexpectedly really I, I i thought i'd end up in some sort of niche like tax where i can not talk to anybody <laughs> but it was cor- corporate is very corporate is very much going out there and you know interacting with with all the other members of the firm because you sort of bring in all those specialisms together uh, and you don't know those those sort of soft skills you don't know if that will appeal to you until you've been through a team so often you'll find that actually what you thought you wanted to do uh you don't or or you find something that you like more you just can't tell and so you know go with it and and make the most of each of the seats definitely yeah i think there's a lot of advice to take away from there um trying to unpack it in my brain i'm listening um but i think the key takeaway you know you need to be as a trainer you need to be someone who's willing to learn you know you might not want to do disputes like for me i wouldn't say i want to do disputes the but most if I get seen, fun. why not <laughs> <laughs> um i think Agreed you know um I don't know. I know. I agree to disagree in, in the short, short and sweet and succinct answer. But I think back to what you both, you Patricia and Tom said. You know, you want to be, you want to be someone who's willing to learn. You know, there might be stress, there might be pressure, but you need to be able to understand that you don't have to have too much expectations on yourself. You know, you're just there to deliver the best that you possibly can. Don't stress yourself out for no reason. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes back to like being resilient, um, which I think Pinsent Mason looks for in their trainings and, you know, wanting to learn, are you interested in like the law, the business in itself? And I think that's what makes a good training to work with. Hopefully in the future, when I get into commercial law, that I'll be someone who wants to learn, who wants to be driven, who wants to be resilient, even when times are hard. Because as Tom said, it's going to be pressured, you know, suck up and cry. Joking, guys. Um, but it's about wanting to be, um, you're getting stuck in any way, shape or form. Um, and I think this dives into the next theme slash topic um, is like how, for you, Patricia, how do you think Pinsa Mason has supported you during your training contract, um, especially during COVID? Because, you know, it's the whole change in the environment from, you know, being in office day to day to, you know, being in your humble abode with your nice white background or, you know, the kids screaming in or your family just making noise. Um, how has Pinsa Mason's um, supported you? And Tom, I think this could, um, you can also chip in as well when you when this. <laughs> okay. Um... There's a lot of services and support that the firm offers and just going to go out with it. We have, I've attended two of them. We have imposter syndrome workshops. I've attended one in my first seat and I've attended one just a seat and it's still something ongoing. We have um, mental health support. We have multiple mental health supports. Um, We have the free program, which is, um, which is a social mobility group that has, especially in COVID, really come to life on Teams. It's like 200, 300 people on there sharing articles, talking about some of the events that unfolded recently with George Floyd, with just um, India, the protests, and just anything that might potentially impact um, a subsect or specific parts of the organization. Um, people have flagged on it, and the support through that network has been something that pre-COVID, I don't think would have been as prevalent and everyone wouldn't have jumped onto that platform as eagerly because we were so starved of social contact. And there's, 
in terms of peer-to-peer -peer support as well, the graduate recruitment team are absolutely stellar. Um, so to be honest, um, from personal experience, when I was seconded to Edinburgh, I got there um, 7th of March, 17th of March, Edinburgh went into full-on lockdown. And their lockdown is different from the London lockdown. They took it seriously. They took it. I was actually afraid to come back to London. I was like, you guys aren't taking this seriously at all. I'm going to I'm gonna get it. Um, but it was really difficult moving to a Definitely new city. Definitely different. And within, with only seven days of being in the office, um, everything was locked down and there was no one there. I, I didn't have a social circle. I didn't have um, colleagues that we could meet up because it was illegal and very, very risky. And that was definitely a mental health journey for me. And the graduate recruitment team have stepped up above and beyond because it was through like one of the officers um, scheduled in check-ins and it was the way she phrased the question not even how are you really but she asked the right questions for me to almost break down and just be like I really I don't know what I'm doing I, I, I I'm considering pausing my training contract I just want to go home I hope my family's in Singapore um, and I, I was seriously concerned the borders were closing they were about to close the borders and not allow um, external people to enter so I was working with a really tight um, time frame and seriously considering pausing my training contract to fly home because this was I didn't anticipate being stuck in a new country for this thing that was just crippling the entire world and I was doubt I was so afraid for my family and the amount of support given by the graduate recruitment team by my supervisor by the wider team recognizing that I wasn't in a good place mentally and I was genuinely struggling quite a bit because with the time difference, I wanted to speak. I was always wanted to be on the phone to speak to my family, make sure that they were clear, and was startling. And they were really understanding. And from people I've spoken to, this isn't necessarily the case with other law firms. And even among seniors, there is a clear recognition that within the firm, Pinson's is friendly. They try to be understanding. The fact that we were the ones who, part of the, the group who put forward the mindful business charter to try and help people understand or make um, business etiquette a bit more of a human place and for people to log off um, in the evenings and just be a bit more appreciative of other people's schedules and just be a bit more considerate of other, of other people. It really does come through the Pinsent's um, philosophy of the fact that we're all human and just be a bit considerate and be a bit understanding because I've definitely needed to lean on it quite heavily. What would you say to that, Tom? I absolutely agree. And I'm really glad to hear that you had such a positive experience because I know at all levels of the organisation, you know, everybody was very aware that, you know, people were on their own, um, you know, particularly trainees who have often changed cities or, you know, don't have families. So they they live alone, you know, possibly with a flatmate, but still, you know, relatively isolated. And, you know, there was a decision taken centrally that we, we were, you know, everybody at every level of sort of management or anybody in a supervisory role would have, as Patricia says, these check-in conversations. And, you know, it was just a, it's just a call, you know, every couple of weeks or as much as people wanted it really, just to, to check in and, you know say how are things going is there anything we can do or you know just to chat and, and some people were absolutely fine you know some people sort of were quite enjoyed the thrill of working from home and you know for, for certainly for the first lockdown you know a fair number of people 
saw it as a as a, as a bit of an ad- adventure but i think i think i think i think we all felt you know during the second and third that that this it dragged didn't it it was it was difficult and and i think not only did we try and do that at all levels of the business um supervisors in particular and you know we we've made much of getting to know your supervisor but it really is a key relationship because they'll manage your workflow um they'll explain things to you you know if you get on really well they might be a men you know they they may not be that much further ahead of you if you think about it if you it depends each department does it differently but you know if you're paired with a a solicitor which in our framework is sort of under four years pqe they may not may not be your primary supervisor they might might be sort of a some people have two supervisors um you know in that situation you're going to move through the business with them so you know they'll they'll end up being a a friend and someone who's just ahead of you in in years to come so it's worth building that relationship and learning all you can from them and i think when um you, you know when covid hit that became even more important because working remotely is very difficult all the stuff that we've just said about working in an office and getting your formatting right and understanding what someone wants from you that's even that's that's very very tricky when you you can't be there and you can't really look them in the face and and zoom and teams you know fantastic but it took us all a, a bit of a while to really get used to that and how we all dealt with one another so there yeah I, i'm glad to hear patricia you had such a good experience now i do think that's testament to the firm's approach generally and and to just redeem myself about the stress comment (laughs) (laughs) that that is that is we do we do we have mental health champions we have all sorts of um uh, we have the imposter syndrome training we've got all sorts of ways uh, resilience training as you've already mentioned josh all, all sorts of ways to help if you do feel at any point that it's getting overwhelming exactly as patricia says and and the firm's set up like that so you won't be an anomaly um you know you just have to speak up agreed um i've also noticed i think it's mental health month this month am i right in that josh it might be something just for the um, firm as well, because I just saw an email going out um, about there. it being mental health slash well-being month. Um, but even prior to this month, the amount that there's a Pinsent Masons Academy, which just pushes out training, and it could be um, it could be research training or leadership training, but specifically the ones that I've been really in, in tune with have been the mental health, how to work from home, mental resilience things, because there was a really cool one, um, which featured the um, the doctor that was in charge of the, was it the 10 Thai boys who got stuck in the cave and how they survived for, was it? a week two weeks are you yeah yeah, yeah. um and th- you see interviews it and uh, it was a psychologist that um the firm interviewed and it just really dwelled into mental health resilience and how to survive and it was particularly timely because we were still very much i think um this was a couple of weeks ago so right before the UK reopened um, and eased restrictions and when people were still feeling the throng of um, winter solitude and isolation and all that. But yeah, there's been a lot of resource available um, specifically targeting everyone's well-being, which I really adore. Amazing, amazing. Um, I think I think listening to everything that's been said, I think it just shows that, you know, there's law firms like Pinson Masons, which actually cares about, you know, their employees, you know, as Patricia said, and I think Tom mentioned, you know, it's due to the firm's ethos and philosophy of like, we are all humans. 
and you know you just have to be open to speak about your struggles and about your feel um your thoughts and what you're going through at the moment um and i think that also goes back to like the training you support um training you provide of imposter syndrome mental health um i also just wanted to quickly um put this in there um how do you think um trainees or like colleagues at the firm try to um in regards to imposter syndrome best tackle it especially if you come from a position like you know being from a social mobile background or from being a less privileged background how do you um how has the firm tried to like encourage you know people from those backgrounds to like to be proud of what they've achieved you know like being at such a great law firm um because i understand that law law can be a bit intimidating for people who might not have family that have been lawyers or you're the first in the family to go to university or you know first in the family to actually be a commercial solicitor um what advice um would you give them people who are about to go into law from those backgrounds shall i take that one go ahead go on tom (laughs) Uh, yeah uh, uh... I think it's a combination of things. I think part of it, and I'm sorry to keep repeating myself, but I think that supervisor relationship is really important. It, it, it's that mm. it's, they, they will sort of, they will give you work or they will take work away, uh, you know, to protect you, to, to help you out. Um, they're, they're the ones who are sort of your gatekeeper to the, or your access point to the rest of the team. They're the ones who um are are there to teach you effectively and some people are good at that and some people are not so good at that but i think what we do really well is to sort of start everyone from the same position so i I appreciate the two slightly different questions one about you know the imposter syndrome element and and how how do you make people feel comfortable but I, i i think on the on the making people making sure that people understand what they're doing and what they're supposed to be what they're there for which to me is 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 often at the heart of imposter syndrome i think people tend to have it worst when they really don't understand what they what they're supposed to be doing because it it, it exacerbates that feeling of oh i'm just i'm just winging it i I don't i don't really know what i'm doing of course everybody everybody does (laughs) and i think we we really try um across the firm to sort of when we get trainees i whether either you know if it's your first seat and you really don't know anything or if it's your fourth seat and you know quite a lot more about the firm but you know you're still going into another area of law, <laughs> to sort of say look we're 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 bringing you together i'm sorry we're bringing we're we're bringing you into something new and it's our responsibility rather than your responsibility to make sure that you understand what's going on and that could take lots of forms it could be going into, you know, making sure people go into meetings with you, making sure you involve them in phone calls, um, just copying them into emails. Because the worst thing I remember as a trainee was being asked to do something that I had no context for. I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah. yeah. That's still a pain point. Yeah, can you just do this? Can you draft this? Can you Mm -hmm. ring so-and-so and ask them something? But unless you know what's going on, that's very, very difficult. And so, so keeping trainees involved in the project um uh, i think it goes a long way to to making them feel involved on the other side you know making people feel they belong we do a lot we, mm. we're trying to do a lot of work around social mobility things like this podcast you know getting out there talking to people and saying you know we 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 want you we want talent we want people who are interested in the law you don't you know yeah. the, the fact that you you know the fact that your dad was a judge genuinely makes no difference once you get once you're in the firm you know you 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 have to do the work like anybody else so equally the fact that you know your parents didn't go to university 
that that's completely irrelevant. We are a, we're complete, mm. completely flat structure. We'll teach you yeah. what you need to know when you get here. And so we try and create that 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 atmosphere, both in yeah. this sort of pre precursor to training contracts and during the training contract itself. The non-hierarchical nature as well of yeah. the open office and the fact that was it right before a couple of months pre-COVID, the uniform of well, the the firm's uniform just changed into um what was it tom the phrase that they use um dress for your day exactly so right i'm in jeans right now and sneakers and some my supervisor nice. in <laughs> gym leggings yeah and only, if, if, you, if you know you have a client meeting then you dress for it if you know you're going to yeah. court then you dress for it but the fact that as recently as a couple of months before COVID, because that, that's when life properly like paused, um, the firm had taken an executive decision across what three thousand employees to instate this this more relaxed attitude to appearing in the office to presenteeism. Really does represent how the firm is trying to just be so much more less of a hierarchical organization the fact that around what 50 60 percent of our trainees went to state school we have um great minds mentoring of which i'm benefiting of and to answer your question directly joshua how i my mentor was a partner in in, in one of the london offices um who i'm really glad took me on she was the one who's just like trust in the fact that you got selected and that you're here yeah. and that you're still here because i've had like not gonna lie <laughs> tom when you were saying ask your supervisor out for a coffee because you need to cry i might have done that without the coffee bit last week oh so <laughs> you don't know whether you want you're, you're in all these different seats you're, you're working with such a large team and all that jazz you will have peaks and troughs and especially it's covid especially you're isolated or you the kind of work or the context that people give or don't give you like what you were saying earlier tom because of time constraints or because everything is over zoom now all of that but i can i i still doubt myself i'm still in that um, cycle and part of the imposter syndrome training and part of attending that was being able to see that they were people a lot more senior than me who are also there that mere fact the recognition that it doesn't necessarily end and you have and not every everyone other people definitely feel that way too and it's not just me going insane or just being weak like definitely helps our mentoring program our our um starfish initiatives i um was part of our starfish initiatives are basically um options for employees at pinsons to volunteer with a whole host of schools there um I think there was a homeless charity at one point, but I mentored um, a year 11 kid for a term. It was really lovely. She also cried on me the first time that we met. Um, we also, <laughs> Love crying. there's a lot of crying happening. <laughs> um, we also help out with rare recruitment, I think. Um, and then aspiring solicitors as well. Um, we have memberships with them and we have, we, we have representatives working there. We work for prime um, and, there's an entire, there's a whole host of, of activities that Pinsent embarks in and they're encouraged, fully encouraged, even trainees to participate in and just have the awareness that it's not just you and you're doing your bit to help other people to reach their potential and in that help you reach your own potential as well. So yeah, that's, that's my two piece. Amazing. Sounds more than a two piece. Sounds like a whole essay. Um, <laughs> well, I think, I think I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the response because you know it's like 
irrespective of like what my background is like i've if i get to the place i need to be like i've gone pincer masons i deserve to be there because i put the work in yeah and you know it's just about you i Tom said you know talking to your supervisor whether you want to cry you want to drop a little tear you know you just have to be yourself and you know be transparent and you know i love the fact that pincer masons is a firm that's champion social mobility, you know, even with working for, with the ninety percent club for employability week, you know, um, giving up their time to speak to members is is a reflection of the work that the firm is trying to do to make law more accessible as a career um, for people from various backgrounds, which I definitely enjoy and I definitely um, welcome. Um, so I think the final question um, for both of you, I don't want this to end, but you know, <laughs> time is time is moving. Um, I think the last question is something I hope will be useful for all the listeners. Um, is what would you tell yourself um, if you was younger? So I know Tom, you're not very old, you know, only twelve years. You know? <laughs> um, but and Patricia's only um, she's only been in the firm for a couple of years because she's in her last seat. But what advice would you give yourself? You know, um, you're about to start your training contract, or you're about to start, you know, your application process into law. What would you advise yourself, knowing what you know now? I think we'll go to Tom mm-hmm. first, since he has more experience, more senior, you know, yeah. lots of credentials. On <laughs> so yeah, Tom, take it away. I think I don't want to. I don't want to just repeat imposter syndrome, but I think it, you know, if I was talking to, I'll tell you a story. So my, my very first day, I didn't train at Pinsons, I trained at another firm. But my very first day, I got there ridiculously early, as you do. Um, <laughs> we were supposed to meet at like I don't know. It was, it was some there was some sort of the the induction began at let's say 9 30 and i was like wandering around outside at half past seven and wow. um that's definitely th- early. yeah there was a pub <laughs> around the corner uh, and it was the only thing that was open uh opened at eight and I, I i went in and asked for a coffee and i don't know what i looked like but this poor barman it was like me and t blake's drinking cider that time in the morning and he gave me this coffee for free he just said oh it's on the house <laughs> and, and i've been convinced ever since that moment that i must have looked sort of absolutely terrified and and, <laughs> and it is it is daunting it's truly daunting i think you've worked so hard to get to this point and as you work, walk through the door i mean people react differently i know some some people not everybody will be terrified like i was but there's going to be an air of whatever it is adrenaline excitement and I, I think if I was talking to myself on that terrifying first morning, I'd just say, look, everybody feels like this and nobody mm. know, nobody knows anything more than you do. You know, all of it, everything that's happened before is washed away. The academic world is nothing like the world of practice. And you'll find and you'll find your space. You know, there's there's so much variety you know, like, like we said earlier, you could you could you can find a, a particular niche, you know, where you know perhaps everything there is to know about a certain area of pensions law. Or you can be a generalist like I am and you know, you know a bit corporate law, but most of it is sort of talking to people. You, you will find your place. And I think don't be don't um if you're worried and concerned in that sort of first moment. That is absolutely normal. Just know that everybody else feels the same and, and go with it and, and get involved. The one thing I would say to people who are still applying, you only need one. That is all you need, just the one. And if you don't get a training contract, or if I may, do you want a trading contract do you need a trading contract as tom alluded to earlier it's no longer the strict um 
four seats training contract system that can allow you to qualify as a solicitor. And having being at my fourth seat and seeing what private practice is like and seeing my, my peers in um, secondment to clients, what kind of lifestyle do you want? What kind of office do you want to be in? I've paralegaled in the construction team in Doha. That's um, two and a half years in, a, in an office that was only 25 members strong, four partners only. I was the only paralegal. I did anything and everything and I loved it. Wow. I've um, seconded in the Edinburgh team. Yeah, that was 100 people. Man. They had a very different um, office style. They had a bell that they would ring whenever they signed the client. It was, it was a lot smaller, a bit more collegiate. And now I'm in the London team. There's 1,000, 1,500 people in the London office. And we have 13, 14 floors. The kind of training contract experience or even professional career experience you want? Do you want to be able to sit next to your partner or supervisor or your lead um, and be able to overhear every single conversation? That's helped by the fact that Pinsons is an open office, so we have that in any event. Um, but depending on the kind of growth you want for yourself, think about that. Do you want a local office? Do you want to be able to have um, a bit more of an evening? Or do you do you want the international um coverage of for example Pinsons has which is what I gunned for ask yourself what life do you want mm. I think COVID's really helped a lot of people think about that as well because everyone's shoved at home yep. you you're no longer in the office you're no longer um putting in that FaceTime and you have everyone's been able to take that step back to really ask themselves what you value in your day-to-day and what you enjoy and I've been asking myself that question day in day out so really think about that do you need a training contract do you potentially want to train in-house? Do you want to be um, legal counsel? Do you want to be um, legal administrator? Do you want to go into legal tech? There's such a wide range that A, don't be disheartened, and B, if you really want to go for the training contract, you really just need one. And I paralegal for two and a half years before I got my training contract, and if I didn't paralegal, I wouldn't have gotten it because my paralegal experience was what gave me the confidence because I was like, I've done a to Z, I've done all of this. If you don't want me, never mind, I'll go elsewhere. And my, it was what gave me the confidence to own that interview. So yeah, that's my two cents. Amazing. <laughs> she was preaching to the choir. I was the bottom of my head like, yep, she says something. You know, you only need one yes. I think that's something that's lost, especially like when I was applying for like Vatican <laughs> training contracts. You get lost in like all the rejection emails and whatnot. You think, am I ever going to get one? But I Patricia said, you just need one yes. And I think that comes down to like introspection, thinking like what life do you want? What firm are you actually gunning for? Some people are going to gun for international law firms because you know the deals are great. The work is amazing, quote unquote. Uh, but some people might just want to go to a regional or a national firm because, you know, they're able to control their work-life balance a bit better. Um, but I think what both Tom and Patricia just said is like you just have to keep going and you start to keep being resilient and being driven at the end of the day because there will be a yes for you out there and for those trainees who are going into their training contract this year um, listen to what Tom said in terms of like you know don't worry about trying to be perfect you know you're just there to help be um, support in every department you go across and you'll make the most of it um but yeah we're coming unfortunately to the close of today's episode so i want to thank both patricia and tom for providing their lovely insight and also thank you to pinsett masons for helping us once again um the 90 percent club it, not just with a play beat week but for today's podcast and i can't wait for the future episodes so thank you both tom and patricia <laughs> not at all it was lovely to speak to you Josh. thanks for having us been great